This podcast brought to you by Earthlink. Hi, I'm Molly Wood, author of CNN's Buzz Report. And I'm Tom Merritt, author of CNN's The Real Deal. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm no longer tinny. No. Hooray. It's good to have you in full voice. <laughs> it's good to be in full voice. I had that sore throat for like a week. How was the podcast expo? How did it wrap up? It was good. It was very interesting. Yeah? Yeah, it wrapped up with, uh, as you might expect, at least a session I was in, with a spirited discussion of digital rights management. <laughs> because isn't that what it all comes down yeah, to? As does everything. It was days. a good conference, and I saw Adam Curry. His hair is feathered. Has it, <laughs> has it ever not been feathered? <laughs> Apparently not, because it still is. And also, he's very tall. Really? Yes. See, a lot of people you see and you're like, wow, you look shorter in person, but not Adam Curry. Oh, no, he's like 6'5 or something. He's <laughs> really tall. I was very surprised. Shocked, even. Um, hey, so a little news today, I heard. Yeah, Veronica found this. Good job, Veronica. Thank you. Um, she said thank you. You couldn't hear. <laughs> Steve Jobs, apparently, we she saw it on a Wired blog, which is quoting a Wall Street Journal report saying that Steve Jobs has offered OS X to the $100 laptop project. For free. For free. They so said no. So still be 100 bucks. They said no. Yeah, because they want to use... O- <laughs> they Dang w- it! They want to use open source. <laughs> yeah. And OS X is not open source. But it's a nice offer. Yeah. And I'm sure they said no politely. Probably. Like, thank you, Steve. We really appreciate the offer. But. So they really... So they want it to be open source just on principle because it seems like if they wanted it to be open source just to keep it at $100 that would be great but no I think they want it on open source so that free so that people who have the laptop can modify it freely that out there in the world once it's out there yeah that hmm. developers who come along and use the $100 laptop can then do what they want with it yeah and be an open system just to be total business yeah. advocate yeah. for a minute um, that's cool I'm all I'm all for that particular uh altruism and stuff but man would they sell a lot of those suckers if they had os 10 on it for free it's if it was all, an os 10 laptop and still had it and it cost a hundred dollars i think it's still <gasps> i think a hundred dollar laptop's gonna sell no matter what at a yeah. hundred bucks maybe well yeah but they could sell it to i mean they're what they're I if think it's what, got some oh i don't know why i always hit the microphone <laughs> with my pen again oh but i gesture um yeah but i think your average consumer is going to maybe feel a little more comfortable with a laptop with an operating system that they know well this isn't a necessarily a consumer laptop this is more for developing countries and and whatnot i mean yeah so it's for people who wouldn't be able to get a laptop anyway and they're going to get a pretty secure stable laptop mm-hmm. it won't be as pretty as os 10 i'm just saying they can sell a lot a lot instead of just a lot is it about selling a bunch well no okay that's why I said I was playing business devil's advocate, which Tom hates. <laughs> well, it's not just—it's not even just that. I think they also probably don't want to be able to allow people to upgrade freely. Yeah, as well. That which, is with probably OS the bigger 10, deal. They would have to pay for an upgrade. Exactly, because you can't I mean, trust. Because you most likely they would. Steve would say, "Yeah, here you have this for free," and then now you're saddled with an eternal string of hundred and twenty-nine dollar lot upgrades that Ooh. come out every year. Suddenly, it's like selling candy to children it's like crack first one's free the first one's free and then you have to pay and pay and pay <laughs> and pay you have to pay 129 dollars for I, what amounts to a service pack but Oops. you know what it oh, was a geez. nice it was a nice offer <laughs> it was um in other news about free stuff time warner is warner brothers will be offering classic tv shows available for free download that's a, that's great however but <laughs> what's more interesting is that to get it for free you have to participate in a test a test version of a peer-to-peer file sharing system. Yeah. Which could be really cool. 
Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm actually willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, not yeah. knowing anything else about it. Like, this could be the first step towards them doing the right thing, which is saying, hey, you know what? We're going to just give away content for free. Yeah. And you can have it. And but we'll have video we, when, we need to control the distribution system of it. Mm-hmm. And that's how we'll make our money. Right. Now, well, I'm and being they'll probably, if extraordinarily they do. optimistic there. <laughs> yeah. More, more likely, this is a way to entice you into getting used to a file sharing system for video that you will eventually have to pay a bunch for. Or the video will cost a lot or whatever, you know? Who but knows? I, I, what I, I, what know. I was guessing is they're going to charge for the peer-to-peer system. Yeah, I'm like sure to, they will. To use that. Like it'll be a can, subscription it'll service. It'll be like a all-you-can-eat plan. But if it's thing. not that expensive, then I think that's actually a pretty cool idea. And it doesn't say whether the shows are DRM'd or not in the Slashdot post. I don't know if it says in the New York Times article. Uh, I think we can safely say they are. Probably. Let's be realistic so, here. Well, you never Who knows? know. You never know. Yeah, I, unfortunately, everyone's so suspicious that even all over Slashdot, they're like, yeah, hopefully it won't have any adware, rootkits, or excessive tracking. In the bl- <laughs> Well, that's one of the things AOL is saying is this will be safer than downloading them just from anywhere on the internet because they'll come from us and they won't have any spyware. Yes. Although I will say that the stuff that people are downloading from the internet is probably not Welcome Back, Cotter. I'm I, just saying. Well, some of it is. <laughs> but- <laughs> some of it is, but... <laughs> <laughs> the stuff they're working really hard to steal yeah. is like, oh, the new version of Star Wars is on the internet for or, it at the theaters. Or even dirtier. Well, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Hey, um, countdown to Xbox 360. Yeah. It's uh, November 22nd. So what, we're eight days away? Yeah. Eight days away. Eight days. And people are going crazy with excitement. The launch title list is out. And Logitech has a new Harmony Universal Remote Control just for the 360. Now, what is this? I mean, presumably any Logitech Harmony remote that's current would be able to control the xbox 360 but they've got their so. own like specialized version with what does it have like special controls i guess it's the harmony 360 oh yes so it is it is primarily intended to be specific to the 360 but they do say you can use it to control as many as 12 home entertainment devices in addition doesn't the 880 but it's control more than that it's programmed to control the xbox 360 right out of the box Oh, it's wow. only and it's only 100 bucks too. yeah it's 100 bucks compared Whereas to the, the 880, 880 which is like 200 which is like 250 which yeah. i have yeah but the 880 control can control like the 100 world. 100 million devices yeah. or something, right? Your house. Yeah, so it's a little gimmicky, but. Yeah, but you know. You know ride the wave, Logitech. <laughs> <laughs> you, you go to it. I mean, you know, people are going to be like, okay. And then there was a rumor um, that Circuit City was going to be selling the Xbox 363 and a half days yeah, early, starting like on Microsoft Friday. Microsoft would let that happen. Right. And also, before you start stampeding to Circuit City, it is not true. I'm kind of afraid that this news got out there fast enough that before the retractions were printed that people were like, oh my gosh. And they, they're already camping out. <laughs> well, that's okay. Yeah. They could just wait eight more days. Yeah. And then it'll be true. And then it'll be true. They, they will be having, Circuit City is like having a limited time pre-order fast or something. Now the Register has an article about the backward compatibility issue, which has left us with some confusion. Yes, but uh, it apparently attempts to be a buzzkill. Yeah, so <laughs> we already know that only 212 or so Xbox games are going to be backward compatible with the Xbox 360. What the register reports is that the backward compatibility will be available as an application, as a software application that mm-hmm. actually converts the Intel processor instructions from the original Xbox into the PowerPC for the Xbox 360. Right, almost like an emulator. Yeah, so... One buzzkill right out of the box there is that you have to be an Xbox Live subscriber to get it. Or you can download it as a disk image or from the Xbox.com website. Oh, yeah, that's says. true. Oh, okay. So, so the, you don't have to. The be. big buzzkill is 
if the Xbox 360 core system, which is the cheaper one you can buy, can't load the software for some reason, which is that's where we're in confusion because it doesn't ship with the 20 gigabyte hard drive that the standard package has. The core system doesn't. But right. we're not sure that it doesn't have some sort of storage on it yeah, that you could be able to flash or somehow st- install the uh, backwards compatibility. Yeah, Register is saying it doesn't, but we're not. But we're not sure because my Xbox, I mean, I have the old one, but it doesn't, it's not all, oh, I have a big hard drive, but it definitely has storage because that's how it installs games. Well, and it does have, the old one did have a hard drive in it, right? It just doesn't, we don't know if the core system has. I mean, could it just be onboard memory? Well, because the old Xbox was almost just like a little PC. Yeah. And I'm not sure about the core system. Yeah. So I'm, I'm kind of skeptical about whether, anyway, this is an unproven buzzkill at this point is what we're saying. But it might be. So but get ready to have your buzz killed. But really, no one's going to buy the cheap system anyway. The cheap system on its own is a buzz kill. I mean, that whole pr- <laughs> that whole thing, the fact that they're selling this cheap system that doesn't have anything that you want. That's going to be the big disappointment at Christmas time, right? For Or, or, or whatever <laughs> oh, holiday, some right? Some poor kid the got kids, the cheap their, system. Their grandpa bought him the cheap system. Like, oh, oh thanks, grandpa. So it's sad. an Xbox 360. And then you're like, no, it's not. Not really. It's an Xbox no. 180. Everyone knows you're not supposed to buy that one. <laughs> Why would why would Microsoft do that? Yeah, that's just tempting fate. Uh, another buzzkill is uh, this story from <laughs> Omni Nerd, where I where we've Omni talked about Nerd is the best name ever. We've talked about this before. Where the Toyota Prius is it really a money saver or not? It definitely saves the environment. It definitely is a low emission vehicle, but mm-hmm. it's not the only one that is a low emission vehicle. Uh, and apparently, they did a a big study at Omni Nerd and found out that you know it just it doesn't really save you money. The gas savings. Well, they did. So they did the potential monthly gas savings of a 2006 Toyota Prius over a 1999 Honda Accord. And it certainly can save you money over certain other cars. It's just if you buy an economy car, you can save a lot more money just by not paying as much for the car. Now, I own a Prius, but I bought it used. So I'm wondering if buying it used, if the depreciation that you factor out would have any difference. I'm guessing not much. Well, because the other thing is that they assumed a used car versus buying a brand new. So they assumed car payment in their calculation. Like, because they were using a 99 Honda. So they're saying, is it going to save you money if you upgrade from your used, your current old car mm-hmm. to a brand new car and if it's a Prius or not? If you go to a, a you, my recommendation to people would be go to a used Prius because you're kicking out the depreciation right mm-hmm. there. And they, they run just as well and save just as much gas. Well, and now you can, um, you can get the new body style and used because the new body style has been out long enough. And, and the other thing is that, you know what? Really, the reason to buy it isn't so much about the gas savings, although right. it is nice. To not have to fill it up all the time. Yeah. It's a kind of a quality of life thing yeah. more than a money-saving overall thing. Yes. So, I, I, I yeah. <laughs> I've been arguing for the hybrid SUV, so I, I knew I wasn't going to save that much money anyway. <laughs> but it still makes me happy to know that it's a super ultra-low emission vehicle. I mean, it's just yeah. cleaner. So, anyway. Buy a hybrid because you want to save the earth, not because you want to save the money. In the continuing Sony watch... Uh, they put out a nice little timeline at Boing Boing that just kind of <laughs> follows it from October 31st all the way till November 13th of when it was discovered yep. that Sony had uh, put a rootkit in its CD, which apparently it's been there since April. Yeah. Uh, to recently when they actually have uh, stopped shipping the CDs that have the rootkit on it over the weekend. And then the latest at the very end uh, is that Boing Boing says there are strong indications that Sony actually ripped off a free software-based library called the Lame Encoder, some of you may be familiar with. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's licensed under the lesser GPL, which means that if you release it, 
you have to acknowledge that and publish part of your code, which <laughs> they definitely didn't publish part of their code. No. And they didn't even acknowledge Actually, that they, they had, hid it and lied about it. Yeah. So, you know. Um. Yeah. It's getting. Although we should clarify that First Four Internet is the company that built the code. So. Well, there's also another company that built some of the code. Suncom built some of the DRM code as right. well, yeah. But, but, not Sony, the, but not the rootkit part. Not the rootkit part. But Suncom, Suncom did build the part that will infect your Mac. If you give them... <laughs> just, just to pitch in. Because <laughs> they're doing something. I think, actually, the biggest news today about the in the rootkit saga is that Microsoft is now going to update its own anti-spyware tools to wipe the rootkit. So this is the Microsoft anti-spyware beta yeah. that you can get, which I actually think is one of the best spyware programs you can get yeah and this is fantastic so you remember so you remember last week when microsoft was like concerned well now they've determined that the rootkit is actually a danger a security risk to windows pcs they've gone from concerned to bludgeoning uh-huh but i think that is that is pretty big that they're gonna basically say sony no like something that some company it's i think it's pretty interesting that that Sony in the eyes of Microsoft has now been classified along with any other so-called dangerous spyware. The deathmatch is so on. (laughs) Totally is. It is on. Oh, snap. I assume that they can remove it without or block it without crippling your uh, CD-ROM drive, too. Presumably, yes. Presumably. Yeah. Well, I think they would just stop it before it ever got installed. Uh It's trying to uninstall it that would do it. Yeah. Okay. Dishy! couple bits here and there. Uh, Visa, I didn't really even realize this, but apparently Visa offers a free laptop with certain, when you sign up for certain ones of their cards. And uh, apparently you end up paying about $911 in fees to get mm-hmm. the free laptop, which would normally cost you around $850. Not to mention your lifetime of high interest debt. <laughs> <laughs> so the Visa not so free laptop. If you see it, you might want to check it out and, uh, and see what's going on. We're going to get to more bits uh, involving some pay-as-you-surf plans and also some emails and voicemails in just a sec. Do you believe anything is possible? At Earthlink, we do. We believe the same company that delivers your lightning-fast DSL connection can deliver your home phone service and wireless service too. One company for all your communication needs. Visit earthlink.net and start believing today. Earthlink, we revolve around you. Pay as you surf? Yes, pay as you surf. So this is a proposal in Canada mm-hmm. that was uh, actually sent in to us by Frank, who lives in Mississauga, Ontario, actually. Huh. Uh, he sent us the link to it on the Globe Technology website. Is yeah. this, this what it is? Globetechnology.com. Yeah. Globe, oh, from, from the Globe and Mail uh, newspaper. So the idea here, I think, if I read it right, is that you would pay... More money, the more you surfed, mm-hmm. and then that money would be redirected to content providers. Hmm. So it's sort of enforcing the all of all your MP3, all of MP3.com plan where you pay by the gigabyte. Right. Except just for all content. And is this above and beyond? It sounds like this is above and beyond your access, right? Yes. No, your your uh, internet is, service. This is provider. a tax. I assume yeah. they would Im- implement it at the ISP level, the way you pay tax on a telephone line or you pay tax on a cable. And then, they, and then they say that there would be this nonprofit agency that would collect the money and disperse it to copyright holders. Sounds like communism. Sounds like oil for food. <laughs> Hugely subject to corruption, which is almost inevitable. Yeah. You know what? Just don't do it. No, you know what we need is micro... Leave the internet alone. We need micropayments. We, no, need, we, we need a good system of micropayments that people can then choose 
to implement or not on their own websites. I'm not paying to go to websites, for God's sake. Well, we'll find out if people will pay or not. Yes, I won't but we, tell you that. We should have will a good system pay? like that. Email me. <laughs> <laughs> Email me at pay, my PayPal account, and then I'll give you my opinion. No, I just meant email us and tell us, buzz at cnet.com. I, I think know. we should you charge micropayments to email us. <laughs> no, 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 never mind. There was an anti-spam attempt, actually. <laughs> so uh, Linus Torvald's getting all uh, hands off my kernel, huh? Have you heard that um, quote that he does about the penguin? Like he says, you know, people wonder why I chose the penguin as my uh, mascot because I said it's not very tough. And he goes, have you ever seen an angry penguin charging at you? <laughs> anyway, Linus is an angry penguin today. Is he? Why, why is he an angry penguin now? Apparently developers... You know, the open source thing could be perceived as a little willy-nilly, and its developers uh, have a tendency to try to squish in last-minute changes to the kernel right before they release a release candidate. And he has had enough. He said, if you procrastinate and you can't get your patch in in time before the release kernel, it's not going in. Haha. But I love his quote. He said, if people miss the merge window or start abusing it with hurried last minute things that just cause problems for the first release candidate, I'll just refuse to merge and laugh in their faces derisively when they whine plaintively at, at me and tell them there's going to be a new opening soon enough. Linus getting a little big for his britches. Over angry there. penguin. He is an angry, <laughs> angry penguin. But you know what? I've heard him get angry like this before on different issues, and it usually ends up being the right thing to do. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, if you have a big project... It just makes sense with any big project and you have iterations. You don't want people jamming in stuff that maybe is going to break it. All right. We got some voicemails uh, from anonymous anti-piracy man. Take it away, anti-piracy man. Hey, um, Molly and Tom. I want to know this. Um, I thought I was paying some kind of piracy tax for every blank disc I bought, every blank tape I I purchased. Um, Why are these guys so paranoid about about piracy? It's... um, it's really starting to get on my nerves, as a matter of fact. I mean, fr- basically, people who, who burn and rip eventually are going to lose the disc. You know, the one you buy from the store, the, the one that's stamped in aluminum, that one's going to last forever. The one you burn, it's, it's not as durable. It's going to go away. So why do they worry so much about this? Anyone who collects music is going to buy it. Well, anonymous anti-piracy man. <laughs> I don't know if we're paying a tax on blank media such as blank DVDs and CDs in the, in the United States. There yeah. are definitely taxes like that elsewhere, and there is a cassette tax in the United States. But I'm not yes. sure about the uh, DVDs and CDs. If anyone out there is a lawyer and tax lawyer and knows about this, actually, I probably need you for a lot of other things. But if you could email us about that <laughs> one. <laughs> um, as to the question of why companies are so paranoid, I mean... I, I hate to be, I'm not on their side, but piracy so is rampant. On side. They've gotten to you, haven't they? <laughs> well, they're paranoid about their business model slipping away from them. Yeah, and when that, that's the thing is, I think people lose sight of the fact that this isn't about let's give away all the content for free. Right. This is about let's come up with a reasonable model that takes into account the realities of the situation and mm-hmm. still allows people to get compensated for their work. Right. And, and the thing is, the companies, they're panicking. they shouldn't be paranoid. They should be changing. Yeah. They should be adapting. Like companies historically have refused to do. And uh, we got a call from Jason. There was a little wind on the mic, so we don't want to play it because it might uh, scrape a couple earlobes out there. But uh, he was saying that he went into an Apple store and asked about the cases for the Nano because <laughs> he'd already purchased a Nano. Was a little upset about the scratches, and the people in the Apple stores told him they didn't know anything about it. And so he the wanted Apple to know. Apple geniuses. Th- <laughs> 
he wanted to know if we Brilliant. could if we could confirm that new nanos are shipping with a uh oh a yes case. and in fact apple has confirmed it i made a little snotty joke about them not issuing a press release and just kind of sneaking it right. in but no they did they they now confirm that they because i think we even oh we talked about it on friday in the lost podcast yeah but um <laughs> Yeah, no, they said that the the case they were shipping with the video iPod was just so popular, they thought it would be a super idea to throw it in with an Nano. So, Jason, if you go to Apple.com's website and look up their press releases, you can find one, print mm-hmm. it out, and bring it in to the Apple store. And show and the say, geniuses. I've had some run-ins. Veronica's giving you a dirty look I have right had now, some run-ins with the geniuses at Don't the Apple store. Don't you be mocking the geniuses. Uh-huh. We'll talk they later. They saved my butt a few times. Are you uh-huh. kidding me? Oh, the oh, I'm geniuses not treated you. me like a stupid soccer mom on more than one occasion, <laughs> and I've had it with them. Because they know. Also, we had another. Uh, <laughs> we had another voicemail from Rodney that we that we didn't have time for uh, today, but it, he had a great line at the end. He's ranting about DRM, and he said, "DRM, by the way, stands for did really mess up." <laughs> rah, rah. That is true, and that is all we have time for today. Thank you for your cards and emails, or at least your emails and your voicemails. Keep them coming, buzz at cnet.com. You can call us 1-800-616-CNET or post at our forums, forums.cnet.com. And don't forget to visit holidayhelpdesklive.cnet.com in preparation for our upcoming marathon. We're looking forward to it. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.